0: This spring, one insurance company takes on the Nephilim giants of the insurance industry. One agency has the drive, the mission, and the carriers to shop through to find the best insurance policy for those in Virginia and Tennessee. The action is packed with options for home, auto, small business, or life insurance. This insurance agency will feature good coverage with the potential for massive savings on insurance. All you need to do is head to thebetterquote.com to schedule your insurance consultation today. Coming soon, it's the Better Insurance Agency.
1: I'm Brian Goddala. I listen to the Dig Bible podcast, and you should too, because they like to explore the really fascinating, weird thing that you hear about in the Bible, but they're important things too. We should read our Bible as men
2: digging for buried treasure. The Bible is the world's most popular enigma. Its secrets
3: lost to cultures. Beneath the sands of time? Or is it?
1: It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. God wants you to seek, to read his word, to, to look for that knowledge. He wants you to do that.
3: And the people at Nicaea, they like chopped out 80 books of the Bible. We need to bring those back. There's more bad guys in this thing than a Bruce Willis.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's back it up here. I, I love the intro to the show because it's exactly right. There's these nuggets of gold in his Word you guys always sign
2: the show, you, you gotta dig it, dig
1: it. Show us your nuggets. God, our creator, lies outside of time and space and matter. I feel like God would be like, hello McFly!
3: You ain't got it so
1: far, then. There are secret societies think that they are the descendants of the giant. I mean, isn't it, is it this exciting? I mean, you read it, it's like, Wow!
2: Round table.
1: But these angels were taken to help immediately. Do not pass gold and act like $200. You're out of the game.
2: Dirty hands means clean theology. Can you dig it? What's going on, all my local guys and gals and long distance pals? We're back.
1: We're back.
2: Come on, Steve. What's wrong? Hello. <laughs> He had to be the backman last week. Yeah. Yeah, it was
1: rough. I can't you got some Let's big shoes to no, I Let's can't do, I Let's can't it. do it.
3: I didn't hear it. Let's hear it. Get raspy with it.
1: <clears throat> I gotta get real deep here. Yeah. We're back.
2: I always Horrible. think of Pinocchio. <laughs> Horrible. I'm a real boy. <laughs> exactly. Horrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just you can't fill your shoes, man. can't do it.
2: They're only size nine and a half.
1: Okay, then yeah, I can fill them and then some.
2: He must have drunk a Bud Light before he came. No. 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 Well, update. What's going on?
3: A little bit longer. 80 chickens will be in the freezer.
1: It's a lot of chickens.
3: Oh, they're getting fat, didn't you see them? I did.
1: They're getting big. They're getting big quick. But yes. those Cornish grow fast. But, yeah, we got, we put up uh a new thing outside for some peacocks at the house. So we got them running around outside now, and it's been kind of cool. But um, just enjoying that the weather's changing. It's finally warming up. We're seeing all the green pop through. You're seeing that um, the, the amazing, you know, metamorphosis that is spring where everything that looks like it's dead all of a sudden coming back to life. And ironically, right around Easter when we're recording this, which I think is, you know, not lost on me when you think about it, but um, just really, really happy that that um, we're getting back to summer, just something warmth. Ben even put the AC in in here today. is ridiculous.
3: Hey, it was a little stuffy.
1: Sasquatch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Baseball season's about over.
3: Over. Yeah. My kid's still doing t ball
2: practice. Yeah, well, baseball ain't my thing, man. It's it's torturous to watch, baseball even though it's my son
3: all summer.
2: Yeah. But for me, I'm looking forward to June. June Car is the, the All Mopar Show. Mopar in the mountains, autocross racing. Oh yeah,
3: autocross
2: racing in the parking lot. Hey, it's fun.
3: I guarantee it's no fun. walls to hit. <laughs> <laughs> just wipe some cones yeah
2: out. worst case scenario you spin out and hit a few cones man but today we got a little something different for you we're just gonna have a little uh testimony and chat with a good friend uh if you guys seen our uh power in the name video and our recent one with uh timothy alberino that's our good buddy sean from the home team visuals helping us out and hooking us up with the video we got him with us today Going to share his uh, testimony and just going to have a little chat. But uh, since you're here, Sean, you're you're the guest. You want to open us up in prayer?
4: Yeah, I can do that. Can you guys hear me in this?
1: A little closer.
4: Yeah, you got to eat the mic. Okay. Yeah, now? that's better. We good? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father, thank you for bringing us all here today. Uh, we ask that you look over us as we have this podcast. Um, we ask that you keep us transparent. Uh, that you minimize us, uh, glorify yourself, use. Use this uh, sitting here with all of us to glorify yourself. Help the conversation be led by your spirit, and get us all home safely. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: And please don't let us lose our keys or you know Amen. anything like that.
4: They needed to be gone for a few days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the inside joke there. Yeah.
1: Sorry.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, see, we uh, I first met Sean uh through uh, Chad's gym he was the the videographer uh when chad opened up his gym he done all of his commercials and stuff like that and then he ended up coming to our church and he's doing the, the video at church and we just ended up talking with each other and i was like hey man we got a podcast you want to help us out with some video and immediately jumped in with us so we're grateful for that but we got to talking and getting to know sean a little bit and you know sean he's uh he's been down some some curvy roads man and he's got some real good experiences and testimony and one day uh, we was at the house, just me, Stephen, and, and Sean. He was just talking, sharing some of his stuff. And Steve's like, man, you need to come talk to us about this. He's like, man, I'd love to do that. So here we are.
4: <laughs> we might all regret it after today, but it'll be all right.
2: Well, Sean, uh, hey, just give us your testimony and uh, your story. You, you know, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well,
4: let's see. um. So I grew up in a house that you know we didn't we didn't speak about God there was no mention of jesus there was there was no religion man um my parents were uh self employed <laughs> with uh some different things you know unmentionable things but um yeah dude just never never grew up in church, never attended church, never felt pulled toward. Christ never pulled toward a relationship with God or anything and then um, just you know after a lot of life experience after a lot of trying to do it my own way you know you get broke and um, I don't know I don't know how else to put it out there besides that just um, 32 I'll be 33 this year and just a ton of life experience led me to my relationship with God. Um, not because I grew up in a church, not because I had preconceived notions or repetitive things told to me. Uh, All of my beliefs are, I believe, given to me right from God, not swayed by anybody else or anything else. So uh, I'm grateful for the way that I came up. You know, there's been a lot of times that I would take that back, you know, spend a lot of time mad about that, upset about that. But you know hindsight's 2020 looking back on it now that's what shaped uh, my belief to be as strong as it is today was that it wasn't there then you know god gave me a lot of rope to hang myself <laughs> and uh eventually i did and you know that's that's the point right is that we die to ourselves and we live again through christ
1: 100 percent. i just i think we talked about that the other day, like like Justin said with you, and, and just there's a couple, it's, it's funny you say this, but there's a couple of songs, DC Talk, I always talk about. There's two songs that I have so much, uh, I relate to so well, and it's the What If I Stumble. I don't know if you've ever heard that song, but that's one that you should listen to, and then Some People Gotta Learn the Hard Way, and, and that is something that I've related to my entire life, and that song hits me every time I listen to it, and it, it's just, you know, some people gotta learn the hard way, um, I guess I'm the kind of guy that's got to find out for myself, and that's that's those the first two words of this or two lines of the song, and and you know the difference with me and you is I was born in a in a Christian home. I had two phenomenal Christian parents, and I still tried to run away from that as hard as I could. I didn't want anything to do with it. So I was set up exact opposite of you, where I had everything possible going for me, and I still fought it. I think around this table, we all have very different life experiences, how we came to to be where we are, how we came to know God the way that we know him. And we see this through miraculous things that he's done in our life, things that he's put in front of us, things that, that those challenges, those, those things that are in front of us, you know, it, it, all that does is just make you stronger right? It gives you endurance. It helps you along the way, um, you know, towards whatever God's calling you to do. And I think, I mean, that you're a good testimony to that too.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of what I've learned came from doing business, you know, especially on my own or always having a side hustle or, you know, it starts out, you're trying to make money, you know, you're trying to work for yourself, but As you go through it, a lot of it directly correlates with your faith. And like what you're saying, and growing up in that household, you don't really respect anything until you pay for it. You know, and that can come out of your pocket, or that can come out of experience. You know, so that's why I say, looking back now, I don't, I wouldn't change any of that up because i did pay my dues and and we're still going to pay some dues you know so um my parents aren't any different anybody that i came up around i mean they're you you have to pay your dues you know i i was going through my bible study this morning and uh like it really popped into my head that you can you can suffer for nothing you know or you can suffer for a purpose but you don't get the option on whether or not you suffer we all suffer so you either get to earn something from it you know and realize that this life this one doesn't belong to us this one's the one that we suffer through and whatever's handed to us that's what we take and we do that because we believe that after this one our dues are paid then we can rest, but this isn't the place to rest or be comfortable or try to escape from any suffering. I mean, you're getting it no matter what.
1: I got uh, two verses that, that, that I, that I actually keep by my desk at work because nine times out of 10, that's where I struggle through some of the hardest things I deal with. I deal with, you know, there's, we all have different struggles that we go through and different things, but I keep this right by my desk and there's, um, Romans five, three through five says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And I think that one I mean it just it drives that home. These we should be grateful for these problems for these trials that we go through because they're shaping us they're strengthening us they're getting us ready for what's next you know there's stumbling blocks put in our way but it's to get us ready for the next thing so we don't fall away and the other verse is James 1 2 through 4 dear brothers and sisters when troubles of any kind come your way consider it an opportunity for great joy for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And I think those, once again, it just keeps hitting home that, that we truly need to not look at our struggles as something that is detrimental. It, 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 we, it's so easy for us to fall in and be negative. And I'll be the first one to to admit that it happens to me every day, every day. Yeah, exactly. And, but we need to understand that those things are put in our way to prepare, to prepare us, to get us ready, to, to mold us into who we're supposed to be, who God wants us to be for him. And that struggle that we fight today is going to help us help somebody else further down the road. So I think that I mean that it just keeps going down the same path the same thing exactly that you were saying.
4: Yeah, and I mean, you know, when you get to the end of that, depending on how much life experience you have, you're going to respect that relationship more with God. You know, I know that if if my entire life I had and I did, but i didn't feel like i had god to run to my entire life and if i could have there would have been a level of comfortability there that i wouldn't have respected it as much for me personally it wouldn't have meant what it means now you know because when i found god i was at the absolutely like the end of my rope i had done it my way i remember like super vividly laying in the floor, bawling my eyes out, and I had the exact conversation with God that you have to take me out of here or you got to help me. And if I hadn't built such a rage of not having him with me on my, you know, by my own decision, who who steps to God that boldly? I didn't have anything to lose. You know, if he would have took me off the face of the planet right then so be it that was okay with me i was i was willing to go there i was gonna go there myself you know and when i walked through the doors of the church with you guys i had prayed and told god i'm showing up tomorrow and you better show up too and it was like a light switch radical change you know i know you guys didn't know me too too much before but this guy sitting here is not the guy that would have been here last year
3: well, it's kind of like um like you're saying you had to get to that point to realize you know it's like my wife she has a coworker and they just had a newborn baby and it's been having seizures ever since it was born and they have to go and the the little infant's got to have brain surgery but i told her to tell her coworker you know it's I, it it sucks I mean, that the baby's going through it and then they have to deal with it and watch it and they're helpless. But if it lives, great. If it don't, it's still, like you're saying, it's still a something to learn from. You have to learn from it. You can't just be like, I mean, and many people do, you know, I hate you, God, and turn away. But it was put there for maybe something later on in their life like we're talking about that you know it's like that surfer chick they got her arm bit off by the shark she still surfs and she helps other people or she could just crawled
4: in a hold and died you know and that's just it i mean we all have the option right yeah. that that's yeah. for that's free will it's the choice that's yeah. how we know god's a bad dude because he gave us free will like we could choose not to have a relationship with God, and I don't think that he likes that, but, you know, he, he He plays that mess around and find out card. Yeah. Well, it I can't remember if
3: Doug said it or if I've seen it on a podcast or maybe someone we interviewed. God don't need us. Mm-mm. He wants us. But at the same time, it's where his children, I discipline my boys all the time. And it's the same it's the same thing you just have to don't look at it as God's there to serve you we're here to serve God uh, and you, that's that's I think where a lot of people
4: struggle with before they become saved and, and a lot of people yeah a lot of people just really feel like we don't have any control over anything you know to assume that just because we make plans, or just because we have an idea of what we'd like to do, that that has nothing to do with you. No, we don't. And in those moments, that that's why everybody has to name somebody that hasn't faced the scary moment. Name somebody that hasn't went through something that broke them all the way down. Name somebody who won't face that. And everything that we believe with the the entire gospel is somebody headed towards something, that they have an option not to. Right. Jesus knew what was going down. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he did. He could have very well.
3: He asked many times, Lord, please don't make me do this.
4: I mean, right. I mean, you've seen a hundred times. And so often, we would like to have paradise without drinking our cup of suffering. Everybody's comfortable. Everybody wants control. And that's why you, you guys know that saying, like, there's no atheists in a foxhole. Right. Well, why not? How, how could you get any more uncomfortable unless there's bullets flying over your head? Now who do you call for?
2: Yep. Which I heard a guy, I can't remember who it was, but he compared uh, spiritual growth to uh, a crab. He said, a crab, you know, when it's born, it, it finds a shell, gets in the shell. Well, what happens? It starts growing. That shell starts getting tight. It starts getting uncomfortable. And then if it stays long enough, it even gets to hurting. Well, if it wasn't for that uncomfortable feeling, if it wasn't for that pain, that it would just sit there until it finally just died. But no, it's the, the pain, the suffering, the uncomfortableness that makes that crab get out of its shell and basically go into the unknown. Uh, and the successful ones find a bigger shell. And then they get to get comfortable again, and they grow. And then what happens? It's all over again. They're uncomfortable. They start to hurt. They have to get out and go find another shell. So, you know, to parallel that with us, if if there was no pain, if there was no suffering, then there would be no growth. And, yeah, there's some people that that fall by the wayside. and and don't get that so you know when we do have suffering and trials and things like that we do we have to look at it as you know basically just like like gold being refined by the fire you know it's a it's a good thing you need to rejoice with that you know trey smith even talked about uh, the sperm cells you know i can't remember how many hundreds of thousands if not millions of sperm is in a single you know shot and it said you were chosen You've already won and advanced to the next stage. So anything you face in life, just know you've already won. You've been chosen. Just, you know, you, yourself, kept its eye on the prize and moved forward and advanced to the next stage. There was thousands upon thousands, if not millions, that got distracted, looked off to the left, and died, went off to the right, or took a wrong turn somewhere, so you were chosen. So now you have that same thing going on now. If you stay focused, keep your eye on the prize, Christ, you get to advance again to the next stage of life. And I never thought of it like that till I saw that. And it was, it does. It makes you just pause and think, you know, because it even says that, I can't remember where it's at. I'm terrible at memorizing scripture, but it said that uh, what the devil uses for. For evil or harm, God uses for good.
1: So one more kind of going along the same route that you're talking about. In Hebrews 12:6, it says, For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? And I think that's that's that it goes to that same point. You know, we have to understand that he di- that these things are put in our way because God loves us. If it was Easy Street, we'd never think that. We'd never think that we 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 need Him. We'd never call on Him. We'd never go to Him. You know, and that's the thing. Think about your life right now. When things are great, prayer is sometimes the last thing on your mind, and that's terrible. I, I'll be the first to admit it. I pray a lot more when I need it oh yeah and that's and that's something that i that's a fault that i have that i know i need to thank god also at the same time but that discipline that that happens in our life those things that come about those challenges that we face they're there for a reason it's it's it just keeps going on and showing that that we should be looking for these challenges and and trying to grow and what can we take out of them rather than sitting there and being negative and discouraged by those things i'm sorry that's jumping around a little bit but uh. i
2: can't remember the book but uh, my wife was telling me about it it was about uh, this woman that was during world war ii and got put in one of the concentration camps and uh i believe the name of the book was called thankful for the fleas but basically how all the women were getting raped you know and and beaten and just you know mistreated really badly but Uh, This woman was a devout Christian, and she prayed every single day and thanked God, you know, for everything, that she was still alive and, and all these things. And if I remember correctly, that everybody, all the pods around them, all were killed and molested day in and day out. But hers was left alone because they got infested with fleas. And the Germans wouldn't mess with them. They wouldn't even go in there. They kept the door locked and just threw food, like in the window or under the door or whatever, just to kind of keep them alive, but left them alone because they were infested terribly with fleas, and there she was, just itching all over, miserable, everybody complaining, but she was thanking God for the fleas because she knew that was keeping her alive. I mean, whoever stops and thanks God for your for your fleas, metaphorically speaking
1: it's real easy to focus on our own our own issues and our own problems when we can it's really you know we could look around and see the struggles that other people are having make ours sometimes look minuscule make ours look so small so so insignificant compared to so many things you know there are days when I'm thinking I'm having the worst possible day all these things are going wrong but guess what when I get home I got a wife that loves me I got I I got food in my house I have two amazing kids I have everything that I have blessings I don't deserve. Those I don't deserve any of that. But I have those things because God blesses us through through all this, right? You, You can have something bad happen. You can be part of something. You can be the person that's doing the wrong. But in the end, we have to come around. We have to come back to that place. We have to find, you know, bring God back to the center again. And if we don't do that, we we stay on that road and a lot of us that were in parts of our life were on that road for a while and I was lucky enough to break the break it when I was fairly young um, but it took it took full on I can't say it in other way than de, like true divine intervention and anybody that ever tells me miracles are are a farce I will fight them tooth and nail because what happened to me there's no other way around it so and I'd say a lot. Same with you, and and same with each of you guys. I think that we've all. I mean, you think the struggles that you've went through, that you you were in Iraq in war. I mean, we've been around things that are that are those trials, those tribulations, those struggles. And it it truly, and and the same thing. And I'll say the same thing that Sean said. There are so many days in my life I wish I could take things back. But then I sit back and say, would I be me? Would I be who I am right now? Would I be sitting here with you guys? I don't think I would. Those things shaped me into this, to who I am, who God wants me to be, so we can hopefully help that next person. And as we always say, we want to help that one next person. If we can help one more person who won't be in hell they'll be in heaven instead if we can help that person then everything's worth it nothing else matters because this is a blip on the radar being here on this earth is a blip on it's a blip on this radar we have free will we have all these things that that you know these trials and tribulations but in the end as long as we have god as the center as long as we understand what jesus did for us and we just got we just got through easter and right now is the time that everybody thinks about it the most, even though we should be thinking about this all the time. When we go through this and we think about all the things that God's done for us and God's put in front of us, our trials and tribulations are, are nothing. We're, this is a, literally a, a, a blip on the radar until our eternal salvation, and we're all sitting around in heaven joking about this and, 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 and living in complete perfection, and, you know, some people want to call that a, you know, a, a just a great bedtime story or, or, or something that just seems beyond comprehension. They can't comprehend this. But those are the same people that look outside and say, oh, yep, something blew up and made that tree. Like, it doesn't make sense. The, 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 the intelligent design and everything around us and, and the inter- divine intervention that we can feel in our lives if we give the God the chance to work is unbelievable but we have to give him the chance to work we have to believe in him we have to follow after him we have to seek him and we talked about it before is it always this is why we call it the dig right we're digging into his word because that's how he's talking to us that's how we get closer to him that's how we develop that relationship and this is this once again i've said this before too is that through doing this this just us being here doing this if it isn't helping a single person out there, that'd be really sad. I hope somebody's getting something out of this. But it has helped me grow monumentally in ways that I can't even describe. Just how much closer I've gotten to God, being around godly people, putting, putting um, other people around you that are, that are spirit-filled believers that help you, you know, through certain things just to, just to, to continue to grow and be on that right path and without that i i wouldn't be challenged to the next step you know what i mean and I, and it's it's hard because you always want to think you're always going to seek god you're always going to seek god but as soon as you kind of go into your own world and get away from that that's when you start falling away and you start thinking oh this i can do this on my own i don't need god for this and we keep going down those dark paths and that that's why parts of the like i said the church is important that we get around those other godly people that we that we you know, feed off each other, right? Iron sharpens iron. We've said that a million times. But iron sharpens iron, and that is so important. But at the same time, Jesus came to dine with sinners, and so we have to go out and do those same things to, to you know, sharpen up that sword, and then go out and fight the good fight. You know what I mean? And if, and if I'll be honest, if, if people hadn't been doing that for me, I probably wouldn't be sitting here either. So, sorry, that was a little bit of a rant. I apologize.
3: Well, look at it like yes, so so uh, we all want to leave a legacy, right in two hundred years, we're gonna be forgotten, mm-hmm. but if we save somebody, that's eternal, right, doing this podcast, you know, if we reach somebody and we you know they decide to accept the Lord and start following after Him. We've done something that'll go on forever. And and to that effect, you might have just turned a whole family tree. That whole limb went a different way because, say, just us sitting here talking.
4: And that's really the difference that – It's not even a difference. It's just something to realize. Christ knew the entire time what he had to do. He knew that. And he knew what the trade off was. We're posed to imitate Christ. Scripturally, that's what we're here for. Except for we don't know what happens. We don't know the outcome. We don't. And I think that you have to be willing to – personally, I'm willing to do my work here and to make it up to the gates, and I've done plenty enough to say, hey, you know you're not coming up here. And I'm going to smile, and I'm going to be like, okay, like you're not wrong, but there was that turnaround that was still worth it. So many people – don't know why they're doing what they're doing and that was the source of so much of my anger so much of my depression so much of everything was why am I even doing this every accolade that I hit and I hit a ton of them that I wanted to I mean not even bragging on myself but I did a lot of stuff that I set out to do hit one accolade I don't feel any different Hit another accolade. I don't feel any different. And this is frustrating. All the while, I'm looking at people who have a relationship with God, and I'm pissed at them because you're, you're to, not doing anything. In trying, my eyes, yeah. you're not
2: doing anything.
4: You're trying to feel a hole. why are
2: you happy? I hate you. <laughs> right? No, yeah. and,
4: and I mean a hundred percent. That's where a lot of anger came from. Was it? it I I could not be happy with anybody or any situation in my life because I was not happy with myself. When you don't know why you exist, it's hard to want to. I mean, if you're being honest, if you don't know why you're waking up every day, why you're doing what you're doing, why you're going through the things that you're going through, why bother? You know, and a lot of people... We go to church. It's so easy to go to church. Church is fun. Like, nobody it talks about fun. that. Church is fun. Wednesdays and Sundays, and you get to stand around with people who are all obligated to be friendly with you on both of those days. <laughs> they have to. <laughs> they ha- yeah, you they know have what I choice. mean? It's not like you're going to run into anybody, even if they're in a bad mood. How many times have y'all yeah. talked to somebody We're at going outside, that I'm was, like, hateful you. with you? Yeah, you want to go yeah. outside and fight nobody. Yeah. It's such a fun place to be. Yeah. We and play. We, we play good music. There's donuts and coffee. You can drink as much, eat as much as you want to. Nobody's going to charge you anything. Church is easy. It's meant to be a discipline. It's and and the fellowship. Yeah, and, and the, the, you have to have
3: the fellowship.
4: Well, you have to be accountable to other right. people. Exactly. That's what's great about church is because you could go in the church and fool anybody for two days, right? But, like, we're going to see you out. We're yeah. going to see you out. Yeah. So are you... Am I up there playing with the worship team on Sundays, and then I'm out here partying on Saturdays? Right. You know, so when you step up to things like that, it holds you accountable. And that's good. It it makes you want to do better. Yeah. Well, it, it gives you... It, it's... It's put in place I think that all of it's such a big plan because I could still tell you guys I know people that are as faithful as can be and they don't go to church haven't been to church in years some of them have never stepped foot in a church they know God church is in my opinion put into place because it's going to force you to do the things nobody there is gonna force you but like you said you want to do better you see other people doing better they're all motivated to help you do better it's a great place to be but at the end of it all like when you said you go home and you have a family And there's so many people that don't go home to anybody they don't even go home to a home mm-hmm. they have to know why they're doing what they're doing otherwise why exist i think purpose
1: I think that the, the it's an excellent point, but I think that when church to me is is like I said, where you know that that you get that initial understanding, and then you you like you said, you're a, around other Christian people, and it kind of forces the forces your hand to kind of to grow and learn. You don't have to. People come. I've known plenty of people that were very church going people that that I don't know if I would consider Christians in in my, in my view. And it's in their, you don't know their heart. I'll never know those people's heart, but I see them when they're not at church and they're not being a Christian example. And I guarantee you that their people have said that about me and that, that tears me up. But I know that because I'm not always that great Christian example either. I know that I try and, but I fall short. We all fall short, but I think of church as that spot that it, it it is an accountability thing, but I think of that as your, that's your stepping stone, right? Getting into church, especially if you're someone who who is on the borderline of faith, and and really just trying to understand and really trying to get a, a grasp on the situation. And I think that was Tim Alberino was said that about how the foundational part of the gospel is so important. And you know, in the past, I've actually kind of been frustrated with church at times because i feel like it's it's so much about it it, it's we could just do the the four gospels every sunday and that's what we do all the time and and our church isn't like that but i'm saying a lot of churches i've been to in the past is is very much where it's gospel 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 and i had never really thought about that but it, it makes a lot of sense that we need that foundational aspect of the gospel, and, 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 and as Alberino said, was to, to be able to defend, know the gospel in and out, and be able to defend why you know it. And after that, I look at church as that stepping stone to get us to that point. And after that, it's on you. You have to grow that relationship. Church doesn't grow that. You can't go to church for an hour a week and then expect you're going to have a great relationship with God if you don't have follow-through. You need follow-through right? This is why we encourage people to dig into their Bibles. This is why really doing this has made me dig into my Bible more than I ever have before in my entire life. And that's the next step. You can sit there and, and you can go and you can go through the motions. You can sit, stand, kneel. You can take communion. You can do whatever you want, but you still have to take the next step. Church helps with the accountability factor. Church helps you be around those other people. And like you said, people fake it. Sometimes they do. But I'd rather have them there than not. Because at some point, something's going to get through.
4: Well, the thing that's going to happen, and this is personal experience, is I have used God in my life before as a performance. Like, it's a strong performance tool. You know, you can tell people, I'm, get, I'm finding God, I'm doing this. And people will cut you some slack when you need it. That is a card you can pull the performance will break at some point in time that's why i know that i found god that's why i know that sean the one that i know he's done because i am not in a performative stage i'm not trying to impress anybody i'm not trying to impose an agenda on anybody what i live now is what's inside of me and and Doing that's just so much more effort. Yeah, yeah, it's Trying a ton, to on a which show. is why you get frustrated. It's why I had such a short fuse. And I mean, somebody could call me out on the littlest, smallest of things, and I'm I would blow my top. And it was because they were about to, they were about to find me out. Yeah. You know, and it's that's that's why. I think the lie is so much better, right? Because I'm not perfect. I'm not trying to keep anything from anybody. But thank God that I can just stand in some lie in my flaws, in my insecurities, in my imperfections, and it just be what it is. I'm not asking anybody else to stick around for it. I wouldn't want them to if you don't feel compelled to. I know who's going to stick there for it. He lives within me. You know, and oftentimes, we put an expectation on God like it goes that way. How? God expects something from us, rightfully so. How do we expect anything from God? I don't expect that when I hit the pearly gates to be let in, I'll understand if I'm not. I don't expect that. I don't expect that since I go to church, every time I get to... That my bank account's full. I don't expect that. I don't expect that I've been saved, so now my life is wonderful. It's not. People walk, that's a performance. That is a performance. I don't care how Christian you are, your life sucks sometimes. It is what it is.
2: I think it sucks even worse because here's the thing you got people like, you know, my wife's going to hopefully she won't listen to this episode, but people <laughs> this like will Joel be Osteen. She does you know, God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you, you know. Just proclaim it and, and make it yours, you know. Now, the gospel tells you out. repeatedly, you will suffer for my name's sake, it you know. You. And the thing is, you know, we all talk about the spiritual warfare side of it. You know, there's rulers, there's principalities, you know. Yeah, if you ain't met the devil face to face, it's because you walking in the same direction. I'm yeah. sorry, and yeah if the blessings are pouring out and everything's hunky-dory then you're not where you need to be if you're not uncomfortable you're not growing
3: but like when you get saved it's like in the spiritual realm you're on a battlefield and it's like when you get saved everybody's there and you pick your flag up to say i'm in the battle now so it's gonna be hard for sure but at the same time, it's like like for me, when I was in the Army, which I was saved when I was 10, but I, I fell away. And it's kind like of like you you're talking about. I mean, I'm here. I go to work, you know, get up, do PT, deal with all the Army BS, come home, deal with the ex-wife her kids go to bed, do it all over. What's the point? Just let's just get get it over with. But then I got back into church and doing everything and it's like even though work sucks sometimes there's still a little bit of joy there. So with God, you still have a little it's not it's not as bad as it could be it's still going to hurt but not as bad that's the way i feel
2: Well, see i look at elisha you know after he had that you know spiritual warfare battle with with baal right you know all the uh, the prophetesses of jezebel you know wanted to kill him what's he do in You're fear right. he takes off you know and he goes to this cave and he's praying out to god and i i always loved how it said that uh there was a great earthquake and he looked for God in the earthquake and he was not there that there was a a, a great thunderbolt and lightning and, and God was not there and just all these great grand things that was happening and he was looking for God looking for God and he was not there but then that God came in a whispering wind and to me that's always spoke to me that you know jesus even said you know this generation looks for a grand sign you know no god is in the little things you know in the whispering wind and this game of life man it's uh it's like ripples in a pond you're living your daily life and you might not think you're doing anything special or great but if you're living your life for christ and trying to be a good image bearer and and loving your neighbor and doing the things that we're supposed to be doing, man, you might have profound effects on many people around you and you don't even know it or get the gratitude or satisfaction of knowing it because, one, it it would puff you up and make you prideful. Right. And it's a distraction away from you. You're supposed to be focused inward, you know, on yourself. And... When you throw that stone in that pond, you make a ripple. Well, off that ripple, there's another one, and there's another one, and there's another one. So somebody might see you living your life and doing the things you were doing, might convict them, straighten them up a little bit, and then they pass the buck. And then that person passes the buck. And you never know, you, you might get to somebody that you know was was a drug addict or whatever the case may be, whatever their, their cross that they bared, two or three generations down the road, you might have, uh, the result of that might have produced a, an evangelist that's going to save thousands of people. And even though you never even knew you'd done anything, yeah, you were the first stepping stone in that process. My wife's family, she told me that, you know, they were real bad drunkards and just wild. And her grandmother just prayed and prayed and prayed for her husband. And uh, he turned around. And now it's like, you know, three, three or four generations later, it's like every single one of her uncles were pastors. And then her dad, you know what I mean? that From one person's prayer and obedience to God, completely turned a whole family tree around like you were talking about. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things that's you just have to trust the process.
3: Yeah, even a smile at a red light or a wave. You might have just...
1: Remember what not uh,
3: knowing, but stop someone from harming themselves or whatever.
1: Remember what it says is, you know, we'll be standing there and God says, uh, remember when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was naked, you clothed me, you know, and then, you know, everybody looks back and says, when did we do these things? It says, whenever you did one of these for the least of these, my, you know, of, of your brothers, you did it for me. And, and it's, that's one of those things that has to hit home that way is that you won't always know. And I've told you, I think I told you that story before. I remember being, Along, it was when I first started working in the therapy world, and I had some good teachers that kind of taught me some of the things that that I learned. But I remember having a patient one time that wasn't even my patient, but I, and I didn't even know how much of a struggle she was having. And I remember going by and one day, and I'd, I just something that I always did was walk down the hallway. I say hi to everybody. Just you know, you don't know when somebody needs to hear that. Whatever, I just walked by this lady, and say, "Hey, how you doing today?" and she goes "Oh, I'm good." And she wasn't, but I didn't know anymore. You know, she just put on that. That's the the answer, you know, I I give the to everybody. Even answer, when I'm having yeah. a bad day, I give them that answer. Yeah. "Oh, good." Yeah. And I and like about 3 weeks later, she she gets better. She's about to go home. She's doing really good and um she stops me and says, "You know, I just I really wanted to say thank you." She goes, "3 weeks ago, you stopped in the hallway just to say hello to me." And she goes, Without that, I don't know if I'd have made it. And I'm like, I, wow. Like, how profound is that? Just simply going out of your way to give somebody a smile, say hello. And that changed, that turned somebody around. And we don't, like you said, we'll never know. We'll never know. And the thing is, like you said, we, we'd be prideful if we did. But we will never know the effect that we have on people around us. But if we're being what we're supposed to be, true imagers of Christ, right, We're born in in God's image, but that we continue to be imagers of Christ through his life, trying to portray that to the best of our ability, which we are all going to fail at times. We are all going to fail. There's not one of us that can say we're better than anybody else because we've all failed. We all fall short, but we do the absolute best we can to stay on that path. We are going to help people. You're going to help people. Anybody who's out there trying to, to live that godly lifestyle is going to help people, and they're never going to know. And that is one of the most profound things that I've found in my life through the, the hundreds of thousands of people that I've come into contact with through work and through other things. I've met people from every different walk of life, and, and some of, sometimes they're not pleasant people. But you know what? You put that smile on, You act that way and you don't know what somebody's been through you don't know what 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 cross they have to bear it might be something monumental compared to anything i've had to deal with but we have to sit there and still be those imagers of christ to help push them in that direction so that they see look at it doesn't have to be this way i don't have to sit there and be miserable i don't have to sit there and suffer without any hope 1 Peter 3:15, right? Always be account or always be able to give account for the hope that you have. But do so uh, but uh, do so with gentleness and respect. So remember those things, always remember that w- we need to give those same people that hope. Cuz I could be if I didn't have God, I could be miserable at times. I mean, I still have bad days, don't get me wrong. But without God how I don't know how some people get through the day. I really don't. I know I have him to lean on. I know he's there. I can hear him talk to me. When I read his word, he speaks to me. Whenever I can pick up the Bible and have something going on that day. And I'm not kidding. I can open it up to wherever and something there will just be like, like his hand comes out the page and smacks me across the face. And I'm like, yeah, okay, my bad. I'm sorry you know and it's one of those things and it's something that any other religion does not have that luxury any other people we have the we have god's word in front of us it's a gift given to us right that it's right there it's right there the easiest thing to get you can go to a hotel and steal it out of the stinking uh, bedside table cuz it's there it's everywhere you can't get away From the Bible. You can't. It's everywhere. God's word is everywhere. It's trying to travel everywhere. But if you don't read it, if you don't dive into it, if you don't dig into it, and you don't take those first steps, you might never get there.
4: Yeah. And truly, we all have it anyway. It's written within us. You know, the Bible... To me, I love scripture because I believe that God's been speaking to me my whole life. But if I don't know how he spoke to people before me, how do I recognize it? You know, that's we have an account of several times that God's moved. We see examples of how God has spoken to people in the past. We see examples of how God has used any situation we could think of to glorify himself. And so. It's really an instruction manual.
1: It is. But I will caution. I'll say this and not to contradict you, but the 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 one thing I will say is that I've heard that from multiple people before. Oh, I don't need to read the Bible. It's written on my heart. No,
4: I'm saying you need to. You need to. <laughs> no, you I'm need not have not, saying not to,
1: ability but. to to have that discernment. Yeah. And you test those spirits because I've had many people say, oh, I've heard him talk to me. I've heard this. I've heard this. And the devil'll talk to you too. the devil will talk to you too, and remember he masquerades as an angel of light, so it can sound re- it can sound real good, it can sound right, it can sound exactly what you want to hear, and usually if Did it's what God you really say yes, well, exactly, but if usually if it's what you want to hear, <laughs> it's usually not what you're not yep. usually got <laughs> because we, seldom seldom are the easy comfortable things the things that we're supposed to do' we've
2: been hinting all around it, but uh, you know, like that book for uh, what is it called the the love languages, mm. but they got another one, you know, called you know the the love languages of God. And uh, my wife was telling me about it, and because like like us, for instance, you know, God speaks to us through the Word, you know, and we study it and connecting these dots and stuff like that, you know, gives us a better appreciation for God and draws us closer in. And the people that that listen to us. That's how God speaks to them, too, obviously, because they're listening to us dig through the Word. But not everybody's like that. You know, some people, God speaks to them when they get out in nature. You know, some people go for a drive in their car and the motorcycle and have those conversations with God. I mean, everybody's different, and God programs us all that way. And, and God knows your love language you know what I mean he speaks to all of us in different ways but I do uh, I truly believe you know like Alvarino said you gotta have the foundation first know the story of Christ you know and that's your purpose right there know the story of Christ your salvation how weak and screwed up you are but he is your covering and he is your example on what to do and then the rest is is individual growth and a journey for yourself, you know, and just being that inverted mirror that when people see you, they see God, you know, to the best of your ability. And then when God shines his love down on you, you're pushing that right back out to everybody else.
0: My name's Nick. I'm the owner of Kevlar Joe's and I'm the roaster. I'm an Air Force Security Forces veteran, a dad to three wild boys and a husband to my wife, Crystal, and a coffee enthusiast. From a family in a small town in Missouri, we started with the simple idea of crafting a perfectly bold cup of coffee, inspired by wellness and countless pots of stale coffee while deployed. We wanted to craft a bold, clean and smooth coffee. So we did and we realized we wanted to share this coffee with our friends, Lord knows we could all use a good cup of coffee right about now. From the farm to your coffee cup, there's nothing like a good, well-crafted and bold cup of coffee. No matter what time of the day, it's there to pick you up, motivate you and relax you. We hope you enjoy our coffee. Be bold, be humble, be Kevlar. And you can find Kevlar Joe's Coffee Company anytime you want at www.kevlarjoe.com. And for listeners of the Dig Bible Podcast, use the code, all caps, DIG20, whenever you're checking out to get a 20% off discount. Enjoy.
4: Yeah. We all have so many expectations of what being blessed is going to be. You know, I count myself as very blessed now that I never, ever, my dad was super bad alcoholic. I mean, this dude partied from the time he came out of the womb until he left this world. He come out with a beer in his hand. Yeah, 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 Morgan Wallen, all the way. Uh, and I wondered, like, growing up, we had a terrible relationship. Terrible. Because I had an expectation of what? A dad should be doing and it wasn't until my dad died that I formed a good relationship with him and that's just the truth because while he was here I wanted nothing to do with him why haven't you been here why didn't we play catch in the front yard why did not you build me a tree you know all these done things you know but when my dad passed away I started really learning who my dad was you know I got to go into storage buildings that he had and i found cell phones and text messages and seeing my dad was just struggling to live now that doesn't excuse bad behavior we know this you know but he was fighting his own demons all the while i was expecting him to just act like they weren't there well you get humbled when you get to be the age where you get to fight your own demons you know so It's like now I have a better relationship with my dad through his death, through losing something than I did before. So I count that as a blessing. I'm very blessed for that. I'm very blessed to come up not close to my parents because I can understand their hurt more now. I can have compassion that I didn't have before and that I wouldn't have had any other way. Any other way. You know, so a lot of times we get upset when things aren't going our way. You start going to church, you start reading the Bible, you start praying, and you're like, oh, I'm still not getting what I want. Okay, but what what do you consider blessed? Because I feel very blessed to have gone through, you know, watching my mom be abused, watching a stepdad sell drugs, watching myself go out and sell drugs, watching every decision that we've made only to now I'm very blessed I had gone through all of that because what God had in store for me I needed that experience I didn't choose it for myself that was God can make a clay pot or he can make a trash can
1: I've never heard that but I like it's it. in the Bible
4: <laughs> you know does the clay argue with the one form yeah. in it You know, so he can make a trash can. And if that's his will for your life, praise God. He didn't have to use you for nothing. Yeah. You could have never existed. And if your role in life is if you're set out for destruction. ah, man, God, you better have God with you. You know, because if he's got a path of destruction laid out before you, he's going to be the only one that gets you through it. And it's for a purpose. I don't have to know the purpose. It's not my place to know the purpose, because even if I knew it, what would I do with it? I'd screw it up. So, what do we consider blessed? You know, everything is perception. We can sit around and say, it's been a sucky day. Has it, though? Oh, it could be a whole lot worse. Even Has it? Re- I mean, And even at that comparison of it being worse what you to to go in of course we all do this, we all do this, but when you really think about it, how much faith are you showing that God can turn any situation if we all sit around this table and say that God glorifies himself in everything and makes everything for the good, then what sucks? true. Who am I to call that? how much faith do I have when I'm saying oh I'm having it's, it's a bad day. It didn't go. It didn't go your way. It went God's way.
2: Well, it's the crab in the small shell. It's sucking for them because they're not stepping out like they need to.
4: Yeah, it, it, and as quickly as the crab could step out of its shell, the second that it steps out, it might get swallowed by something. So be it. If that's what God has in front of you, then you had to be the example that got swallowed. So the crabs watching. Go somewhere different when they step out of their shell.
2: no to look both ways where they swim out.
4: Yeah. You know, so we don't get to count what sucks and what doesn't suck. It could only suck if this belonged to us. And it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, so in in that regard, we have to watch what we count as a blessing. It's not up to us to decide. God has used my life, which a lot of times has been really, really hard. He showed me how talented he made me at so many different things. Just to, like I told you guys, pull the rug out from underneath me to give me every single thing that I could think that I wanted. I can't remember many goals that I had that I didn't hit whether it was financial, whether it was something with music, whether it was something with working for myself, no matter what it was. I married the prettiest girl I ever laid my eyes on. I have two beautiful kids. I bought both houses that I wanted, cars that I wanted. I had everything I put my mind to. And I was only motivated to show other people, oh, yeah, look, you said I can't do this, I'm going to do it. God's the one that let me do all that. And to yank the rug out from underneath me, that took a while for me to come around to. You know, we're supposed to praise God for everything, but there was those times where I'm like, I don't really feel like praising. You know, right now, it looks like I just drew the short end of the stick, but you know, you get to a point that you run the race of being humbled so many times. That at the end of it, you're kind of like sitting there with blood running down your face. You know, your teeth are all bloody and you're just laughing. Because you see that if you if you could have known, if I could have known that he put me through all of what I've been through. And maybe just, if somebody told me just for this one conversation. your Your life experience will change the lineage of somebody else's. I would have went back and went through more voluntarily, knowing what I know now,
2: well, looking back now, you said hindsight's twenty twenty is there a certain moment in your life that you can look back on where you didn't embrace the suck plenty of them. and I mean like specifically, and like looking back now, it's like you see the 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 broad plan that god had in store that you didn't see at the time that you wouldn't mind to share
4: well yeah like like talking about my dad and i think about this like very very often you know i was with him not being present in my life the way that i wanted him to be if i could go back If I could go, and and if I could go back, I wouldn't go back, right? Because that would to say that it didn't work out just like it's supposed to work out. And I really believe that. But also, we can drop the ball with the plan that God has in store for us. So if I could have gotten over my own pride, my own ego, so much of what I did was to rub my dad's nose in it and be like, look, like it's hard for me too. I could drink too. I could do this too, but I didn't. I went out, you know, it was just to, nana nana boo boo everybody around me you know and looking back at it you know i think about this probably every day that if i could have known what i know right now and just gave my dad grace just gave my dad mercy just gave my dad love with no sort of exchange Knowing that he was going to deplete me at every corner because he was going through it, I should have just gave it. How could that... You, I had an opportunity to change his whole life. But I didn't, and that was prideful. You know, and when I've got so many of those situations. You know, and when you look at things like that, just because you get saved just because you have a relationship with god you don't forget those moments you don't forget that you know me and my dad didn't have a relationship and then it turns out that i'm holding my dad as he takes his last breath you know and when you're put in that situation you start they you think about it every day i think about it every single day you know not a day goes i was just telling uh erica my wife the other day you know When we were at church to see me and to see my sister on the worship team and up there playing together, so many people in my family wouldn't show up for that. But my dad would have showed up for that. Now, I don't know what would have happened once he got to the church. He might have fought the pastor. You know, he might have been drinking in the car. Who knows? But he would have showed up. And sometimes if you, you have enough life experience, you realize how much just showing up is. You know, just to show up when you don't even have it in you. It's not. It it is hard, but we overcomplicate things. It's you don't have to know all these Bibles verses. You don't have to have all this memorized. You don't have to had grown up in church every day of your life. You don't have to know all these things. It's, It's not that hard of a concept to realize that we're all going through things everybody and we don't need an exchange that someone else is graceful toward us or that they tell us thank you when we do something good for them or that we get something in exchange because we don't deserve the grace that we're given If you're giving grace out, if you're giving yourself to anybody for any other reason besides that's the least you could do, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. We are in debt to the one that created us. I do not deserve the next breath that is given to me. I don't deserve it. I know me. You guys know you. So who am I to go out here and to not show somebody grace when that's all that's poured on me? You don't need any Bible verses to know that. We're all here and we're all pretty horrible. I mean, if we're going to be honest, and nobody talks about it like that, but we look at how many times we wake up We will wake up and check Facebook before we'll wake up and thank God. And if anybody sitting here or listening to this can tell me that they do different, they're over a certain age.
2: They don't know how to use it.
4: (laughs) They're over a certain age. You're right. Which of you guys this morning woke up and hit your knees before your phone was in your hand? No. Me either. And I'm sitting here with this knowledge. So we will still, we know, we know what's at stake and it doesn't keep us from it. We're not as fearful as we like to say we are because if we were, we'd never come up off our knees. I've read scripture. I know what happens when God gets upset at you,
2: but yet. Trichinosis. And and
4: it's all, it's all comfortable, right. right? Like everything's comfortable. That's why we do
1: what we do, but well, we are we are uh uh i guess victims of our own uh and i i use that term very loosely, but victims of our our i guess our situation to some degree, but we should never look at it that way um you know we we live in a generation right now and i i say that we be me being the oldest but uh saying that um we live in a technology age where some of that stuff is so accessible, some of that stuff. And it, it's, it, it brings out more temptation. It brings out more evil. It brings out, which at the same time, look at what we're doing right now. It also can be used for great good.
2: Oh well, yeah. It's a hammer.
1: So it, it is. You can build or it's, destroy. Who, yeah. Whose hand is it in? But, um, those things, it just as easily as we can spread God's word, it can be used for evil. If not j- even more easily. And and, it, and we see it all the time. It's right there in front of us. It's at, it's at our fingertips and even more so at our kids now. And you look at the war, and this, is, this terrifies me. You look at the war going forward, what our kids are going to have to go through. Mm. Look at what we see every day in the news and the stuff. It, it doesn't get more anti-Christian you know, than what we see going around us right now. You know, the, the stuff that's being pushed on our kids, the stuff that's being pushed on us, we're all being conditioned and everybody's getting to a point where everything. Oh, it, it, it's OK. It's fine. It's but normal. It's it's normal. And that's all stuff that that are, you know, what we think. And, you know, I can remember my parents saying, oh, my gosh, you know, I think back to the to about their, our
3: grandparents well, th- going through today. There'd be dead people laying in the street. They but, wouldn't put up with it,
1: but by like my parents, you know, they'd think about a TV show and I was, oh, you're not watching that? That's terrible. Like and I can't even think of a good one offhand. Well, but
2: South Park, they, Beavis in my Head. that's back then. I mean, all this something so oh, mild. They said crap. It was Turn it off. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. And now you look, they. I mean, everything. The kids' TV. Everything. It's programming them, and that's the same thing with with the cell phones, with Facebook, with what Instagram, with all these things that that kids have access to. I can't even fathom where it's going to be in 20 years. Can't even fathom it. And it, it's, it's scary to me. And that's why right now, you know, coming to these realizations and knowing that we all fall short every day, but coming to these realizations and, and really sitting down and thinking, trying to live the way that God wants us to live, It's so much more important. I mean, it's always important, but it's so important that we train our kids the right way, that we put them up the right way, because the battles we struggle now with that aspect of things, not that there hasn't always been battles, because there's always been, you know, that spiritual warfare around us, but it changes, it's the same tricks, just in a technological form, I guess you could say, but that stuff's all around us. And it's only gonna get exponentially worse for our kids. So we all need to train our kids up the best that we can, the the most the most God fearing, righteous way that we possibly can. And
2: well, Deuteronomy, you know what I mean? One of the the greatest commandments they're supposed to write on their doorposts, on the, the posts of the outward bounds of their uh land and everything, you know. It said uh, uh, tell them about the, the, the word of God, train them up, you know, as soon as their feet hit the ground, when they're walking down the road, while they're eating, I mean, give all these different examples, you know, just constantly be, you know, beating them in the head with it, you know what I mean, because it's, it's important.
1: Well, quite literally, even the, and I can't remember what they were, but like the Jewish oh, boys wearing the boxes on their wrists and on their forehead, to have scripture that close to their to their body all the time, I mean, it, you know, not all the time, but, you know, at that period of time when, you know, around your bar mitzvah and things of that nature to have that scripture that close all the time to grow up that way. It's something that we really need to take on, you know, as, as a country right now with the way that things are degrading, with the way that things are changing. And I know if you go back 50 years, people would say the same thing. You know, if you go back 100 years, it was so much better. And, you know, Everybody can say that for their generation because guess what? It wasn't perfect since Adam and Eve. It's gotten worse every generation all the way up until the flood. Then it got a little better again and then it started going right back down that, that path and we've been there, right? And it's only getting worse and it's just building up to that final day when that trumpet sounds. And I, I just, I know where I am with God. I know you know, that I have my shortcomings, but I know I have a sound faith. I know where I'll be. I know where my family will be, but it's our job especially to make sure as many people as we know, as many people that we come into contact, as many people as as we possibly can make that trip with us.
4: I don't, you know, and I relate to you and part of me doesn't relate to you because I haven't hit that point to where, I can faithfully say I know where I'll be.
1: I think that's where you have to—you have to look in your heart. You have to say, and this is—I think this is really important because we are never ever going to feel like we're good enough for God because we're not. But Jesus stepped over that line for us. He blocked that. He blocked that out. We just John three sixteen. Exactly.
2: Oh, you know, you don't get there by your works. No. No. You get there well, I, by belief and faith.
4: I don't think I want to know, though, is the thing. It's like I don't... Things in my life that serve as a comfort to me, mm-mm. just like the flood, why do you think that it got better for a little while after the flood?
1: Because God cleansed the world. Because we
4: just had a whole good reminder.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, agreed.
4: You know, so it's like... I, I, I get what you're saying, but you part don't want to get comfortable. Yeah, I don't. I don't want right. to be comfortable. In you that. I don't. Be, I don't want to be comfortable in my faith.
1: You should never be comfortable. You the, that's the whole point is take the next step. And I was comfortable. I was very comfortable for a long time. But if you would have asked me, I'd have probably said what you said for probably the majority of my life. Like, I, I guess I'm going to heaven. That's what I would have said. But. The closer that I try to get with God, the more that I look into the.
2: The longer your walk is with God. It is. You know, it 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 it, it just it's it's a process, and then everybody's different, but just like the potter's clay, you're molded and you're shaped, and and then you're hardened, you know. And it's to me, it's knowing how screwed up that I truly am because it it's the weak things that God uses for his glory and knowing that me accepting how screwed up I am and that I'd never make it on my own but Jesus is my salvation Jesus is my righteousness he is my covering now just like Paul said You know, now uh, with these things, we know we're saved by faith. Do we just throw away the law, which what he's, you know, getting at was, you know, okay, well, I'm saved now, so I can just lay Mm -hmm. back and do whatever I want Just do what I want. I'm good, bro. You know, no, that's not what he's saying. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's two extremes. You can say that, or then you can say, you know, kind of like, you know, the whole Hebrew Roots movement, I have to live perfectly. I have to follow these laws and do these little checkbox lists to make sure I make it to heaven. You know but no that's, that's your pride talking and thinking you can earn your way to heaven. No, it's in the middle. You know it's accepting Christ as your covering, knowing how screwed up you are, and that you're never going to earn it. Mm-mm. But every piece and part of you wants to try your best, but not for a selfish reason. But from a humble reason knowing how screwed up you are you're going to do your very best to try to mirror Christ and give others that hope that you have to have a relationship well, to grow your
3: relationship with them you know it's it was like me I was saved okay cool I'll go drink and party you know do all this stuff I had no interest in a relationship then I met my wife now but she made me want to strive to be better. God's perfect time and he knew when you yeah. were ready and, for that. And then it slowly and then here we are.
1: But you I th- I think that Doug said it best at church is that that um the way that I view this and I and if you truly believe that Jesus died and, and saved you from your sins, then you're going to heaven. The difference is that after that, those people that stop there, it says that they're basically gonna make it into heaven with their tails on fire. Right. right. Like that's the people that are gonna get in, but they're just getting in.
3: Well, the skin of your teeth.
1: Exactly. It's what Less you do. And that's skin. where and that exactly. And that's the thing. And there's and even the way Doug, you know, was talking about it is, you know, those those people might not be allowed into the the temple in heaven. You know, there's still going to be guards there. There's still going to be these things. But you made it into heaven. Yep. They he don't kept... get the
2: king size bed.
1: Exactly. But they, he kept his promise. They get promise. the kindergarten floor mat. He kept his promise to them. They're saved. But they don't have basically all the other privileges in heaven. And that can be a whole other episode for a whole well, other time. Well,
3: the, to simplify it, and I was thinking about this right at the beginning of this. And I didn't know how to... The military badges. The, yes.
2: Yeah, you talked to us about that. You yeah. joined
3: the military... You you got saved. You're in. But I just got three little measly, the Army badge and, you know, whatever your good conduct. You get that every three years. You get a, a good conduct award if you don't mess up. So, really, you're doing the right thing. You get a little ribbon. But you go above and beyond. You start getting these, the Bronze Star with a v device that means you really went through some stuff that's your crowns that's your 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 not say your 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 works but your actions that you've made while you're following Christ which obviously it says in the bible you give your crowns back to Jesus but it's like you're you're gaining it's like you're playing Call of Duty and you're ranking up you're in the game. Do you just want to be that measly private, or do you want to be whatever the highest rank is? Prestige. Yeah, I don't play. So but, I mean, but that's times not, three we, Yeah, we we tried. I tried playing, but I just tell people, I lived it. It's stupid.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I get it. The whole he's a guy goes, that gets mad as a little kid. Like, I just shoot you dead in real life. Yeah, quit, it's, quit, quit you walk in the games, room and boy. you're dead.
3: It's like <laughs> spawn kill. What? <laughs> yeah,
4: I can't. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't do the games very well.
1: <laughs> I'll gloss it over, but the whole, right. the whole point of this, in the end, is that we don't want to stop. Like you're there, you're saved. You don't want to stop, and the whole point is, is what's next? Where do you go? Right? So after that, that's up to you. Yeah, you're saved. I, I'm going to see you in heaven. I know that. However, I mean, I know that. However, what do you do next? Where do you go from there? What's the, what's the, the next step? And it's not just, look at me. I got this on. It's not that. It's, it's, to, it's how many people can we bring with us? The purple heart that
2: you took a bullet for. Yeah, well, it's, the, it's
3: the seeds that you plant, it, which would it, be this the ribbons it. that you gain.
1: But those things are not for you, they're back to God, like you said. So I think it's important that we understand that yes, you know, people are saved and 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 majority people in the church are saved. They're there, they believe it, but they stop there. Sunday's it. They stop there. What's next? How do we reach the next people? How do we keep taking that message forward? And I think that's where it ultimately comes from. So right now you being a part of this and and all the other things that you've done, you're witnessing all the other things, it keeps pushing us in the right direction. It's exactly what you need to do to continue on your walk with Christ. It's only going to get closer and closer and stronger and stronger. But I think it's very important that you know that you had that relationship with Jesus, that you know you're saved. I think it's important that you... You really, and, and I'm not to say to get comfortable, you should never be comfortable. You should never, well, I did enough. You know what? When God comes and takes you off this earth, that's when he said, you're done. That's when, yep, you've done what I wanted you to do. But until then, that means you still have work to do. We all have work to do. We're not done. So never be comfortable in it. Always be pushing forward. Always be trying to make that next step. But know that you're saved. You're doing this because God has given you the greatest gift that you could ever be given. That's the whole point. Know that you're saved. Know that God's there for you. Always, always, always. That's the whole hope that you have. You need to be able to defend that to the person that comes at you. Why would you believe this? Because I know I'm going to heaven. That's the whole point. Otherwise, what the heck are we doing this for?
4: Why the hell are we here? Exactly.
1: So I—I well, I mean,
4: I guess too, though. Just in that same same regard, I mean, I, it's it sounds reckless, but if heaven weren't a thing, I have tasted heaven here. I have tasted enough heaven here in my salvation as I sit, that if there was no more trade off, I would spend the rest of my life doing what i'm doing you know in a very big way to have spent 30 something years completely completely upset with who i was mm-hmm. upset with everybody around me everybody i didn't even have a good I, I went back a real real turning point you know you asked me if i remember a uh, one that sticks out super super vividly is i was going through old footage was cleaning my hard drives out. And I found a video of when my daughter, she could have been more than like one, just, just, just getting around. And I'm telling you guys, it's still like, I don't, I don't even want to say it out loud. Hearing my frustration in that video toward my own daughter who couldn't even form her own footsteps yet. That was a demon living inside of me. Nothing short of that. Mm hmm. I was walking around completely possessed, and I don't care how outlandish that sounds to anybody. The only thing that was going to deliver me from where I was was God himself. Because it was never anybody else. People my whole life have been trying to get me to turn to God. I grew up in the Bible Belt. I had plenty of people praying for me. I thought it was hilarious. I would join prayer lists just to get money to go eat at Southside and skip school. I'd take up money for a church that didn't exist. i have not been a good dude. That wasn't me. You know, but God used all that situation. You, to know how to get peace, you have to know what disrupts it. I know what disrupts peace. I, I I've lived with the opposite of anything that was salvation way longer than I've lived with anything that felt close to it.
2: Yeah, well, sunny days wouldn't be special if it weren't for rain. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I mean. And the thing is, too, is I think we all can relate to how you feel when we first were saved. That Just that euphoric, God high. You know what I mean? It's indescribable. A new Christian on fire. But it's like. It's a foretaste. Yeah, you know, yeah. We've tasted we've all tasted, you know, divine moments of God and, and the presence of God. But I mean it's a foretaste. You but
1: know. what but what happened when you when you were saved? Like what happened? What changed?
2: Right? With me was just honestly it was humble, humbling.
1: But uh, why did you feel that?
2: Oh, I mean, because there was no other reason but for Christ, because he was my covering. And the
1: Holy Spirit came into you when you accept Jesus, right? When you accept that, the Holy Spirit. And then to your point, when the Holy Spirit takes over and resides in your soul, right, then nothing else can live in there.
3: It casts everything else out. But
1: before you accept that, that temple that God says that the Holy Spirit lives in inside of you is vacant. You might as well have a sign up there for demons saying "vacancy, come on in." That's exactly what's happening. I had no
4: vacancy; I was full well, yeah, of, no. of them. Well, oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, we yeah. all we all are. That's yeah. the thing.
1: That sign we let—if we don't have God in there, we're letting other things in. So that exact thing, when that happens, when you had that aha moment, like you're talking about, which we all have, we had that aha moment. Then all of a sudden, you get that feeling, and like you just said, being here on Earth, and you're you're so happy doing what you're doing because you can feel it.
2: You had nothing but rain for 30 something years and you got your first taste of sunshine. That's
1: just it you though.
2: Know? Like I had everything I wanted. Well but you it thought was, you wanted. It, it yeah, yeah, was I the had, wrong. Yeah I had, every,
4: I had everything you know and maybe this is maybe I'll put a strong maybe out here because <laughs> I know what you're saying like when you're new at anything you're fired up when I first started doing video, I would edit anything. Anything. Guilty. That's where you're at right Guilty. now. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think that you'll continue to grow?
2: I'll continue to grow just by keeping doing it. You know what I mean? Learning.
4: But, was, you know, so that's not just something you get to taste once,
2: especially
4: with God. Because you, you have to understand none of us had to wake up this morning. It's ain't True. nothing. Yeah. It's a new every single day. It's a new like, oh, I'm here again. Okay, how could I not be fired up? Yeah, and how to could, me, it's, I,
2: in my experiences, it's been breadcrumbs. You know what I mean? And I hate to, uh, forgive me. Okay, but I speak in lingo that I understand, and I, I'm sure there's some people listening that would understand what I'm saying.
1: I apologize to everybody else
2: in advance. <laughs> but it's like God is a good drug dealer. First sample, here you go. It's free. And then walks away. You have to go seek. Hey, man, you, you seen that Jesus guy anywhere? <laughs> you seek and you shall find.
1: Uh, uh, wow. I get the analogy. Yeah. And if I you get couldn't hear analogy. it, i was
2: scratching on the beard over there. Oh, they heard
1: it. So, yeah, you, I'm you, sure you. they heard it.
4: <laughs> A little junky ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> but you we can't we can't lose that you can't there can't be and and, and maybe like out of everything that we've talked about that's what's hit me the most is we cannot sure we could say that when you're first saved when you're new when you're this whatever label you put on it we can't slap those around people are listening there's Every single day. hmm you, Your job. What day did Christ say, you know what, we're going to park it here. More right. out.
2: We'll take the yeah. day off. And that's the thing I think a lot of people fall, uh, how they fall short. Because they chase the the feel-good high. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, Jesus it's not Blair. always like that. You know, you come in hot and heavy, 100 mile an hour, and the only way you're going to slow down is if you hit the wall, because you ain't hitting the brakes. And then when it's like you said you kept trying to fill this hole with stuff and accolades and it wasn't doing it right so somebody that gets a a a god experience and they get that on fire god for feeling you know on fire for god feeling they're they're seeking that next high and then when it doesn't come or it doesn't come how they expect it you know they're looking for god in the the earthquake they're looking for god in the thunderbolt and once again god's in the whispering wind Mm -hmm. He's in those things that we define as bad times. turn away.
4: You know what I'm saying? How many – it's so easy, and I looked like, – I can't remember what year, but Erica's dad is very much a father figure in my life. He's been the only one that showed up like my expectation of a dad. So, when he got COVID on the vent for 114 days, like, that is completely unheard of. That was when I started really, really praying. And every day that passed, I got more peaceful and more peaceful. He wasn't getting any better. We were losing him almost every other day. I kept getting more peaceful. It was... It was at that point with that situation that I realized I have zero control over this. Mm -hmm. Everybody else around me was trying to find what they could hold on to, to have some control, and rightfully so. You know, Somebody's watching their dad in a really bad situation. Somebody's watching their husband in a really... Everybody, the doctors are trying to have control so they don't lose a patient. Everybody is trying to grasp some control. And the only two that aren't, are him and me. He has no control. Neither do I. And learning in that moment that we just accept. We have to accept things. You know, accepting Christ. Ex- you you accept a lot with that. And I don't think a lot of people realize what they're signing off on. You can accept Christ into your life. you're going to accept whatever he puts in front of you. And should we do it with enthusiasm? We are supposed to serve the Lord enthusiastically. Good, bad, indifferent, we are supposed to be on. If we are following Christ, it doesn't matter what your profession is, it doesn't matter what you're tasked to do. If I clock into a job, I'm not here for you. I'm here because god woke me up today i'm not here for the paycheck i'm sorry paid in full i'm took care of you couldn't you could you can't afford my soul i'm here to serve god and that's everywhere that i'm at so i think that's important you you can't lose that spark you're gonna face those days those breadcrumb days that's so like that's sobering to hear. There's sometimes when I pray, I feel like nobody's even on the other end. I have to tell myself in my prayer, like, bro, tighten up. Tighten up because you don't have the Jesus feeling on you right now. You think he's not listening? No, he's just, he doesn't have to come give you a feeling. There's He's, he's the one making the blades of grass come out of the ground. He don't always have time to come over here and hit your feel-good spot. Quit worrying about it. You know, he's still there. Do you, are you faithful? Is he still going to take control of it? Is he still going to – is his will going to be done? Yeah. So, let's go. There's, there's, that's the enthusiasm. And if you don't have that, you're going to hit – it's going to be a performance because you're going to expect a trade-out. You're going to expect a trade-out. You're going to fizzle out. That's that's like kind of what we were alluding to is you'll fizzle out. It's happened to me with too many things.
1: Well I think that happens to all of us at different points in our lives and it and even as Christians, it'll still happen to us, and we just have to find a way to always reignite that spark. And part of that is we talked about earlier, church is important being around other people that have that spark they can they can reignite yours. And the other part of that is listening is is praying is reading your Bible and then listening. And we talked a little bit about that. I think it was last week or the week before. I can't remember, but we Prayer is such a powerful thing, and it's great, and, and it's amazing, and it's your connection to God uh, along with his word. But if you're not listening it, for that quiet it's, breeze. Yeah,
3: it's that whisper. If
1: you're, for that little, that little whisper and a breeze. If you're not listening for it, you miss might miss it. it all the way around. So you need to actually, we don't just pray. We also have to listen, and that's a big part where I think people sometimes miss the mark, and that's including me on prayer is Pray.
2: And see, and, the, and the, what I was talking about that whisper thing, and, and it also correlates with with the ripple idea. You know, like there's plenty of times you guys have uh, shown God's grace and love through yourselves in conversations with me. That's that's picked me up and kept me going. You know, I don't know how many times I've had an issue. I've I've come to be in. He's I'm naval gazing speaks life into me picks me back up that don't happen often <laughs> me then, speaking life into people <laughs> then there's times you know <laughs> you feel like yeah, what I'm doing is to, to no avail you know yeah. it's worthless you know Steven comes in with a word of encouragement like he always does you know and there there's times you know many times in the past you know like month or so since bumping into Sean, Sean's he's He's an encourager.
1: That's a gift he definitely yeah. has.
2: You've you breathed new life into me several times, and that's not you.
4: Oh no, it's that's not. That's God.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And, and that's that's what we're all here to do. You know, none of us in this lifetime will ever see Christ. Y'all believe that? I don't believe he's, until He comes back. He's not just going to come and be like, oh, "Hey, yeah, no, I just want yeah. you. I just want you to see me." Yeah, no, But no, we have, have an opportunity yeah. because he lives through us to be to be that for somebody. And so many times, you know, I, I'm I'm blessed. I'm blessed with good mentors, and I believe that God's been calling all my life, well before I knew it. You know, um, well he gave he gave you what you
3: your skill set for a reason.
4: But this is just one of many. Yeah. You know, that's that's just it is I, I feel like I can go and, and that's I'm I, I I practice humility every chance I get. Yes, I'm talented at things. There's people that are way more talented. But God has made me be able to go into almost any situation and stay stand my ground. With anybody on any skill set on anything, I never had the confidence behind that. It's funny now to be on a podcast because you guys don't know this, but if you had a conversation with Eric, I've been so nervous to do this, <laughs> so nervous. You seem I mean, fired up about yeah. it. When are we do this, yeah. no, it, yeah, yeah, because I'm not going to back down from it. That's, I'm, I'm here for a reason. So to let fear overcome me, well, I'm not faithful that God's going to put out there what I need to say. And you've got to think, out of all you guys sitting here, you were raised up in this. You've been saved since you were 10. You're very, very, I don't know how long you've been saved, but you're very keen on this stuff. I mean, to say that you're not, be an understatement. So like I'm sitting here, and again, this is what I'm saying. Anywhere, any place, any skill set, god gives me a foundation to stand on it's not a coincidence that keeps happening you know but i've been scared to death to do this scared enough and fearful enough something didn't want me here just like something didn't want me breaking that camera out something didn't want me to be good at audio engineering all those things were opportunities. I see now, I have a unique perspective of I wanted to get out of my job so, so bad. I was done with factory floors. My feet hurt. My back hurt. I'm tired of everybody trash talking to me. It's a sucky place to be. And I got out and was like, yes, and then nothing changed. But I realized, and the more I realized, I don't even have, not that I'm not passionate towards what I'm doing with the cameras, but I realized it was just something to free up my time so I could go do things like this, what I'd feel the most uncomfortable doing. But, you know, every time that I ever speak with anybody, just like when we all spoke at your house, I'm leaving there, man, I can't tell, I'm like, uh, yeah, you, you guys see me here, I'm shaking more and more as I sit in this chair because I'm pumped. And we do need that and we do need to sit in crowds of people that all feel that same way that will give us that exchange because what we're supposed to do with it is not to store it up for us like, I'm going to leave here, I'm going to call everybody I think that needs some (laughs) encouragement. I'm trying to deplete myself of this immediately. Because if I stay here, that's dangerous. I want to get back to a lowly place. I know that God works best in weakness. I'm going to leave here feeling like I could chop a tree down with my hands
3: well i got some i need chop. yeah so. see
4: I, but if i go out there and try i got an axe Humble. i'll let you lose that I'll, no, see, I'll let
3: you use the axe
4: so you don't hurt your hand. i'm hands. gonna wake up sore tomorrow it doesn't lead to anything i gotta go to muscle come on now oh, man.
1: <laughs>
4: but i've been you know i've just been very lucky to have mentors and people in my life that gave me that encouragement they seen it in me before i seen it in myself When Erica and I met in 2008, she told me, like, well, I told her, I think, maybe the second day I knew her, I was like, I'm going to marry you. She told me, like, maybe the second week that we were together that God told her that she was supposed to save me. She was supposed to play a part in that. And that, like, creeped me out. At like the you I, telling her, you know. On I mean? the I was like, day. "Who are you <laughs> to assume that I need to be saved?" God didn't tell you that. What do you, you know? And it's like I look back now, and I just look at the years since 2008, everything that we've been through, and God gave me a wife that imitates Him better than anybody that I know. So how are you going to give someone that I know full well had demons dwelling in them? He gave me an angel, and I'm supposed to keep up with that? That's humbling. You mm-hmm. know, and, and all these situations that I've hit have all humbled me to a point to where that's why I'm happy to do it. I, I have tasted heaven here, you know, to know what my purpose is, to know why i'm doing what i'm doing i don't wonder about it anymore it is for those moments that if you're down i've been through what i've been through so i can encourage you same for you with him same for you you know that is what we are supposed to be doing we all experience life differently so we can find the ones that our puzzle piece fits with and we can show them it's not a comparative thing it's not to say oh okay well yeah yeah i've been through that it's not that we don't even have to let them know but how could i give any advice on something i've never done right so to keep ourselves from experiencing the things that are hard or that really push us or almost kill us we're still in blessings
3: well, my my favorite saying that I say is, "If it kills me, I win either way." <laughs> I'm going to heaven. I thought it was so, your hurt feelings don't hurt. Well, that's at all. okay. That's my second favorite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that that's more of a I'm gonna hurt your feelings because your hurt feelings don't bother me at all. Yeah,
2: <laughs> not to be a jackwagon, but well, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know. That's where my wife jumps in. Well, don't then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think it's important we count all the blessings we have. Always remember where everything came from. Always remember why we're here. Always remember the gifts that we do not deserve with the number one being that we'll be in heaven and and that, that God died for us for our salvation. I mean, very appropriate that we're doing this just after Easter Sunday, but God died. I mean, somebody died for us that we could have that eternal life, those things. And so everything else, every struggle you go through, every little thing that... You know that 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 hurts you, that that attacks you, that comes after you. Just remember, the apostles and the disciples believed in this so much that they were almost all put to death for that belief too, because they believed it so fully. And that's true faith.
3: Well, that's the thing. You know, like Doug said, you're not gonna you're not gonna die something for something that was a joke.
1: Exactly. That's, they, per, they I mean, that's proof. They knew it
2: was real. well, Sean, before we go, uh, let everybody know where to to find you. If they need some photography videos or uh, you've been doing some uh, evangelism on Instagram and stuff like that, let everybody know where they can find your stuff. Right
4: before we do that,
2: while I got all three of you guys here, you guys
4: have to know, like, what you guys are doing. Super important. So, Like, as we have a conversation about purpose, you guys all have to know your purpose here. Each of you serve a different one, and each of you guys are going to be tested. Period. And the more that you're pushing this thing forward, the more you're going to be tested. All of you guys individually. There's going to be times where everything stands against you guys being able to do this. There's going to be times where you guys don't even want to be in the same room with one another. There's going to be times where financially it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Technically, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. You're not going to know the next step of how to do something. You're not going to even know which direction to take it towards. There's going to be all of those times, I promise you, over and over and over and over again. But please, for the sake of something that's very, very good, what you guys do is very good. None of you guys would argue that it's hit the numbers or anything that it's hit on accident. Know your purpose. If somebody asks you what your purpose is, maybe it is a new thing. Maybe it's a new belief thing. Maybe it's not. And hopefully I'm right in that it's not. And find those reasons to be back fired up, one hundred thousand percent. You guys don't have to make it to the next day you record. You don't. And there's going to be those times where you get off work, you're like, "Oh, this sucks," and oh, I don't want to eat. do your homework.
3: Listen right here.
4: <laughs> I you, about
3: fell asleep in here one day. <laughs>
4: Just know, just know what's going on here has nothing, nothing, nothing to do with us. You know, and if you don't know your purpose, we have to, Scripture commands us to be vigilant. And that's because we're going to run into somebody. And in that moment, it's going to be life or death for them, and it's going to be on us. So how much blood do we want on our hands? If I'm not fired up, if I, just like as the disciples didn't follow a joke, how am I going to get anybody to follow somebody they can't even see? Because we're supposed to be disciples now. We're supposed to disciple others. I'm the only representation. If I'm in the room with that person, if I'm on the phone with that person, if I'm texting that person, we are the only representations of who you should follow and why. So that has to be enough to outweigh everything. And if it's not, you have to reevaluate. You have to find that thing. You know, but you guys have such a unique show here, you know, and a unique opportunity in a space that is so crowded with evil to be a light, you know. And the second, it is playing with fire to be in an online realm. Everybody likes getting likes. It feels good. Shares, numbers. I would rather that you guys never knew your numbers.
3: I don't. Because I don't ever get
4: on. (laughs) And that's probably good. That's healthy. You know, but whatever you're doing right now, do it times a couple. Do it times three, times four. Because you guys have a purpose here that I make sure I get to tell Justin more than I tell you guys because I speak with Justin more. But I've told you before, too, and, Ben, I've only seen you here a couple times. (laughs) What you got going on here, it's something, you know, and when you have something, expect to be met with opposition because it's going to come. The devil's not going to mess with you if you're not making any noise, you know, and if just like when we don't know why we're even doing what we're doing in life, if you don't know why you're doing the things that you're passionate about, you that they, they burn out. And I would hate to see this burn out. And I don't even listen to y'all's podcasts. That's me being honest. I've listened to the episodes that I've edited or had a hand in. I don't have to listen to the podcast to know what you guys do. I know you guys in real life. I know your hearts. You guys are good people. And the people listening to this, that's why they continue to listen. Because you're not not—you're not putting on a performance. And with things like this, just always remember that there's going to be a temptation to perform because you're going to see what works. You're going to be like, oh, when we talk about that, those numbers go up. Forget that. Do what you're called to do. Don't argue with it. Don't question it. Don't wonder about it don't spend time saying well we got to prepare and we got to have this and that." that's so easy to do all that be faithful look toward Jesus out on the water keep walking on water we had that conversation don't look at the things in the peripherals going on walk on water and don't question how you're going to it ain't got nothing to do with you it's the one you're looking at it's the focus that you're at so besides that I am Sean's not here on Instagram
2: <laughs> and home team visuals and
4: home team visuals anywhere else. Um, but yeah, Sean's not here,
1: but he is and his, I can, I can, uh, attest to his phenomenal work as far as uh, wedding photography, any kind of photography like that. And, and, and videography is pretty outstanding. So, um, I definitely, he's got a gift obviously more than one so he's very good on the um evangelistic realm as well but we really thank you for coming on this has been awesome it's been a good talk um it it it's one of those things where we always say like we said earlier iron sharpens iron and it helps to be around people with that same fire and 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 it, it gives you a kick start every once in a while we all need that And uh, we really appreciate you being on.
4: I appreciate coming. Even though I've been, like, scared to death for a week. It was a good time. I got through it. We all lived.
2: Nobody died. Yeah, nobody died.
3: Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Don't be like a county worker. Get in that hole and dig something. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And check out our YouTube channel. See ya.